It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. We had a rerun last weekend. We were out of town, like so many of you. And uh, we just needed some rest around here. And I'm still kind of tired. I think it's the heat. It's just hot. (laughs) It just is. I'm feeling the heat. Oh, goodness. It's hot, man. It's really hot. But I got to do better. I got to do better than this. But listen, you made it. You made it through July 4th. Everybody made it. And uh, now we are here. We're going to do this thing. Hey, before I go any further, to further speak of holidays and stuff like that, I saw there's this website called Lawn, L-A-W-N, LawnStarter.com. I haven't had time to really dig into the the whole depth of it, but they ranked Las Vegas as the number 15 city f- as far as being top bar- barbecue city. Yeah, with all these outdoor kitchens here, I don't know how they came up with their ranking, but I'll dig into it. But you can go look at it, lawnstarter.com, and see how they had arrived with Vegas being number 15. At least it's in the top 20 at least. So, hey, I know you guys had a good BBQ last week. I'm still eating barbecue, to be honest with you. But okay, let's talk about let's talk about business here. Okay, before we get into who our guests are, I want to tell you about uh, if you love volunteering and if you also love movies. Well, the Nevada City Film Festival, NCFF, they are looking for volunteers for their event uh, for the rest of this month, Movies Under the Pines. Uh, started, actually started uh, yesterday, and it ends all the way till July 28th. So if you would like, you love movies and an evening in the park under the stars, you know, serving popcorn and drinks to movie-loving kids and families. That sounds like fun. It does sound like fun, doesn't it? Well, if it does sound like fun to you, the Nevada City Film Festival people would love to talk to you uh, to about being a, a team volunteer. And you will do this from 7 to 10 p.m., uh, at the Pioneer Park during their Movies Under the Pines uh, event. So again, they need volunteers to help with the concessions. And re- in return, you'll get an official 2023 Nevada City Film Festival t-shirt plus a family pass to the Movies Under the Pines event, which is valued at $30. So if you'd like to volunteer for this event. It's up until uh, July 28th, as I said. E- uh, email them, info at nevadacityfilmfestival.com if you're interested, because uh, it's a lot of fun. You can help people have fun, and then you can have fun for yourself. So again, that information, the email address is info at nevadacityfilmfestival.com if you would like to volunteer uh, as a concession volunteer for their Movies Under the Pines event. And to further speak of the Nevada City Film Festival, I want to say a belated congratulations to them uh, 
uh, for being named one of the top 25 coolest film festivals by Movie Maker Magazine. So everybody over at NCFF, congratulations to you. We got a, we tried to have them on the show and I think our wires just got crossed. They were real super busy. We just, we're going to still have somebody, a spokesperson from their festival to come on the show to talk more about their festival and what's coming up next. They're always having things throughout the year. So, okay, let's go to our guest here. We have some guests here. Of course, we have guests here today. We have, uh, we're going to launch a new segment, by the way. Yeah, I'll tell you more about that in the show. But we are going to have uh, just a lot of fun like we always do around here. That's what we do. We have a lot of fun. And we talk to our guests. So for this show, we have a best-selling author. He has a new book, called Shut Up, Your Kid Is Not That Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the title of it. It really is. It's a fun book. And he, this, this man is a parent, so it's not, you know, to be insulting. It's a lot of fun. I think parents are going to really, they already are buying the book like crazy. So we will have him on. And we also have a gentleman who lives right here in Las Vegas. He is a pastor and a reverend, and he is going to help us launch our new segment that will start next week that's called high stakes and wedding cakes. And we're speaking about Reverend Baker. He is a licensed wedding uh, minister. He conducts weddings throughout the state. And I believe out of the state as well. I think I got that right. But anyway, he will be joining us to help us launch our new segment again called High Stakes and Wedding Cakes. So if you are getting married in Vegas anytime soon, uh, or if you did get married here in Vegas, we would love to hear your wedding story. If you're having an anniversary, maybe you it's time for that 25th golden anniversary or something, and it, you did so here in Vegas. We would love to hear your story. So stay tuned. We'll tell you more about how you can get in to be on the show to talk about your big event. Okay, we're going to take a break. And then when we return, I'll come back and we will talk about auditions because we have some really cool auditions that I want to share with you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back to begin our show here. I thought we were going to have more time because I have a lot four audition notices, but we're not going to have enough time. So let's do the first one here, which is a really good one. We are, for those of us who live in Las Vegas, this is the perfect one. So listen, if you have a gambling story, I mean, an epic win, maybe you had a giant win or you had a giant loss, <laughs> either way it goes, the producer's are looking for, this is a new television reality show that they're putting together. And the producers already have a lot of hit shows on streaming television networks and regular TV networks, all of that. Real successful production company. And so they are looking for people who have had epic, it's described as epic gambling wins or epic gambling losses. Yeah, so these are stories that have happened to you personally. And these stories brought you a lot of excitement. It had plot twists and turns of how you won it, how you lost it. And they want to hear about these stories. So if you are selected, you will be paid for participating and you will be flown to Los Angeles to be interviewed uh, by the casting people. And this is a this is going to be a big TV show, reality show, reality show. 
broadcast around the world starting in 2024. And again, it's being produced by one of the most prestigious production companies in America. Again, they have multiple hit shows already out there. So listen, if you are interested, if you have a big gambling story, you know, where you won a lot of money, and also maybe if you lost a lot of money, and you want to share that story, if you are selected, what you need to do is send a summary of your story, how you won the money, how much it was, or how you lost the money. Maybe you did both. You need to send that story, summarize it up, a picture of yourself and your contact information, your, you know, your name, address, not your address, email address, and your phone number, and email it to this email address, gamblingcasting at gmail.com. Pretty simple. Gamblingcasting at gmail.com. And share with the world your wonderful gambling story of how you won a lot of money and maybe how you lost a lot of money. Either way it goes, the producers are looking for you and you might get a chance to be a part of this really cool sounding reality show. So if you need to write me info at filmfestivalradio.com and I can send you the detail. But for now, make sure you go to gamblingcasting at gmail.com. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have our first guest. We'll be right back. How many of you out there who have children or grandkids, and obviously you think they are the best, and they're so adorable and cute. They really are. Everybody loves their kids and their grandkids. At least they should. So, but then on the other hand, there are parents out here who kind of overdo it just a little bit too much. You know those types too. You know, they think little Timmy and little Gretchen and little Shaniqua, they, they, just, they just can do no wrong. And they're just always talking about how great their kids and grandkids are. Oh, I know a lot of those kind of parents. So if that is the case, maybe you are one of those parents, or maybe you have friends who are like that, or relatives who are like that about their kids and grandkids. So if that is the case, there is a new book. This is for you. It's titled, Shut Up. Your Kid Is Not That Great. (laughs) That's the real title. And it's a book that every parent who has ever tried to live vicariously through their child, or or maybe the parent has tried to be a momager or a dad, what you call a dadinger, where they manage to, the dad and the mom manage to try to be the manager of the kid, the child, I should say. Um, This is your book. This is your book. It's called Shut Up. Your Kid Is Not That Great. And the book is tongue-in-cheek humor, of course, and it's got some banter in it. It has a really inspiring introduction from Tom Brady Sr. Yeah, the dad of the goat himself, Tom Brady Jr. Yes, Tom Brady Sr. wrote the intro, and it is a, a fun book brings you a lot of laughs. Even the people who are guilty of this, they, they you got to laugh. So the author is Jason Cole, and he is a uh, award-winning sports writer. He's uh, written sp- about sports uh, for football, basketball, Major League Baseball, the NBA, just all of your top sports. He's a graduate of Stanford University. And while he was at Stanford, 
NFL great John Elway was also there along at the same time. So he's even written a book uh, with John Elway as well. So he's obviously, if you can get Tom Brady's dad to write the intro to your book, you are not doing bad for yourself. But anyway, I had the opportunity to chat with Jason a couple of days ago about his new book. And again, his title, the title is priceless. Shut up. Your kid is not that great. When actually they really are. But anyway, uh, let's bring Jason on and have some fun to talk about his new book. And let's roll it right now. All right, listeners, I have my next guest on board here, and I have been really anxious to talk to him for several days here. He has a brand new book out. He's a best-selling PhD author of several hit books, and his latest one is titled, Shut Up. Your kid is not that great. Jason Cole, <laughs> Jason, Jason, not since the discussion of politics, religion, and vaccine shots has a title caused so much controversy. What is going on? This book, the title is hilarious. How did you come up with this? <laughs> How did I come up with it is a great question. Before I start, I did want to say one thing. I don't know who, who sent it out, but I, I'm not a PhD. Uh, I'm a PhD in football from having covered the NFL for 30 years. Um, I awarded that to myself, but I'm not actually a PhD. I to make sure. And somehow that information got put on a press release or something like that. And I don't know how, but I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. But um, I do have tremendous amount of experience covering sports and I coached you know, little league baseball for what, eight years before I ever had kids. I coached plenty of youth sports. I coached my own kids and watched my own kids get coached by other people. Um, and so the genesis of the title of the book and sort of the inspiration for the whole idea is I was talking to my agent one day and he's at that stage of his life where he's coaching his kids in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade um, sports, right? Mm-hmm. And he got roped into coaching because nobody else was going to do it. And he just, he goes, these parents are just crazy. They just won't stop, you know, they won't stop talking, they won't stop complaining. You know, like they got into this, I think it was like fifth grade basketball playoff tournament, right? And one of the parents was complaining about how one team got an extra hour of rest time before their playoff game as opposed to the other, you know, when, like when they played in some playoff game. Like they're complaining about an hour for fifth graders, you know. Like, yeah, and, and it just it, it it was like, can people just be quiet? Can they just shut up? Like, it's just not that important. Your kid's not that great. Fifth grade basketball, like, let it be. And so we we got onto this idea, and I said, yeah, I got plenty of stories like this from my own career. And then I called a few friends, you know, some guys guys in the music business, some guys in the in the uh, acting business and, you know, other things. And we all just shared some stories about just stupid things that happened. Did a little bit of research on the internet too. And, you know, this is, this is meant to be tongue in cheek. It is not meant as shots at kids as much as it's a reality check for parents. Like when you have a kid in fifth grade basketball, they should just be having fun and they should go out there and have a good time and you shouldn't worry about the hour, the extra time that one team might've had to rest before the playoff game. It's just 
silliness, right? So that was the that is the overarching message of this. And then I talked to Tom Brady Sr., who I'm friends with, um, and obviously I know his, his kid a little bit. Um, and, you know, he, he just shared his story about how he used to deal with it when he was coaching his son and his three daughters. And his three daughters were all great athletes as well. Um, you know, how, what he did when he was a parent and basically trying to coach, but at the same time trying to stay out of the way. Well, of course, we all know his son is the goat. Uh, yeah, I mean, how can how in the world could uh, I mean, even Tom Brady Senior, if he has stories that that tells us all, look out. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, what I really like about this whole book is that you have been brave enough to to actually write a book about it and share some stories, even though it is time and she and see. I know there are people like me who have, see, I don't have any children, but I know there are people like me who have thought what your book is saying, your title, and we're just not brave enough to come out and say it. And now I'm hearing, I want to say this to friends of mine who have grandchildren, because I'm hearing it in both camps now. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Oh, my goodness. So, okay. So what's been the reaction uh, are your children, are they old enough to have kids of their own, or are they old enough to, you know, appreciate the book or what? Well, Mike, yeah, they're old enough to have kids of their own. They're in their 20s now. Thankfully, they don't. And they can they can wait a little while if they want. <laughs> let, let them ease themselves into that burden. But uh, they get it. Um, all every Look, everybody that I talk to gets it. And we've all been around that parent who tells you how great their kid is, or their helicopter parent, you know, they hover way too much. They get involved. They annoy their coach. They, you know, scream at officials. You know, it, this, this, this form, you know, morphs itself into all sorts of behavior. And I, like one of my favorites, which I recount in the book is I was coaching literally at one point. This is, again, this is before I ever had kids. And we had a kid on the mound who was pitching. He, you know, he was a really good pitcher. Threw the ball really hard. Um, not the greatest control in the world. And all of a sudden, his dad is standing on the field next to me, wanting to talk to me in the middle of the game. And I was like, I just was shocked that he had the temerity to come onto the field. <laughs> and I just went, I said, Jack, you have to get off the field. And he's like, well, Jason, I just thought, I said, Jack, you have to get off the field now. And he tried one more time and said, and I just got a little louder to Jack, get off the field. I mean, because if you have parents walking onto the field, you have chaos. So, you know, he, his kid was obviously good. His, he knew his kid was good. He thought he was great. He thought he had the next Sandy Kofax. It just wasn't the reality. He had a kid who ended up being a pretty good college athlete. I'll say that, okay. and, uh, you know, credit, you know, like the kid ended up playing college ball, which was a great thing. He enjoyed it. He had a good time. Let your kids have a good time. Um, and that's what I try and tell parents. Let them make them happy, you know, because being playing hard and practicing hard are, are just as important as a pizza party after the game. Like the pizza party, make them love, you know, playing ball and whatever it is that makes them love playing ball, let them do that. 
And, and that's the message I tell people over and over again. Like, make sure they're having a good time. Don't make it about, oh, you're about to make it to the majors. That, mm-hmm. That's not what this is. That's not what youth sports is supposed to be about. Other than uh, Tom Brady Sr. there, uh, have there been any other parents that you mentioned in the book? Have their kids gone on to become, you know, great or that or, or what? Oh, well, my, one of my favorite stories, unfortunately, Jack Elway passed away long before I ever um, wrote this book. But I did a biography of John Elway, um, mm-hmm. another Hall of Fame quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in the process of doing my research, I spent a lot of time researching his dad because his dad was a football coach um, at, the, at the college level, was a personnel guy at the, at the NFL level, was you know, a football lifer. Um, and one of the things that Jack um, said, you know, did, one of the things he did along the way is he never coached his son, John, formally. He coached him in an all-star game in college. So basically he spent a week with him coaching him for a game, but he never coached him in Little League. He never coached him at Pop Warner. He never coached him in high school football. Didn't coach him in college football. Ne- never did that. Never put any pressure on him to play for him in college. The whole thing, right? He, he, he kept the distance and he kept the distance from talking to the coaches. He never went up and suggested plays. He never came in with no playbook. None of that kind of stuff. And I remember this quote when his son was coming out, when John Elway was coming out for the NFL draft to be the number one overall pick of the 1983 draft. And he had also been drafted by the New York Yankees a couple of years before that and had played a season of minor league baseball with the Yankees, right? So the kid had to decide, is he going to play baseball? He's going to play football. Obviously he played football. But one of the things that Jack said before the draft was, I just want to preserve in John the joy of playing ball, because that's where he's going to get his passion. It's not going to be in dollars and cents. You know, you don't play for the money. You play because you love it. Because playing football or playing any sport for that matter is a painful exercise, and no amount of money really makes it worth it unless you really love it. That's a good good way to look at it. And of course, the rest is history with John Elway, uh, even after football. You know, he's, of course, as we all know, a top executive and et cetera, et cetera. And now what are we going to do about Russell Wilson? And well, that's another whole story. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I also want to note that you are a graduate of Stanford University, one of the uh-huh. most beautiful campuses I've seen in forever. And and I understand that you and, and John Elway, you both attended college at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm a year behind John. He's, uh, he's class of 83. I'm class of 84. So, okay. um, I w- yeah, I wouldn't say we're friends or even we're close friends in college, nothing like that. Um, but I certainly followed his career and followed it very closely and interviewed more than, I think, was it more than 200 people for the biography that I did on him and yeah, and he was helpful in providing a lot of good anecdotes that I made it a great read. So um, that one's uh, that one's a little bit more of a, a time consumer than uh, "Shut Up, Your Kids Not That Great." How long did it take you to write "Shut Up, Your Kids Is Not That Great"? Mm-hmm. <sighs> 
Okay, Jason, uh, as you just mentioned, it took you a minute or two to uh, do the John Elway book. So what about with the current? Shut Up Your Kid is not that great. How long did it take you to do this one? Oh, this one was fast. It was a couple of months. Uh, yeah, a couple of months of writing, you know, a little bit more time of editing. So I don't want to say that I just, you know, sat down at a typewriter at my, you know, at my laptop and, you know, presto, there was a book. Um, but this wasn't really hard. And again, this is, this is a life of, as a sports writer, having observed a lot of these things and having talked to a lot of people and having to, you know, you know, look up a lot, you know, having a bank of information to go to. So really it was, I had to make, I would say, this is five or six phone calls to friends of mine who are in the industry to, to get some stories and verify some stories, stuff like that. And then just put it together and figure out, okay, what was the exact order uh, we wanted to do it, how we wanted to place different stories uh, to make it fun and accessible. That was, that was, that was what it was. This is not this is not a multi-year project. <laughs> well, it's such a fun title. Uh, is that the original title when you first got the idea to do the book or what? Yeah, it was. And I was kind of hesitant about it because, um, you know, it's it's not the most polite thing in the world to say. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it's me. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of, uh, you know, blunt. Uh, I don't, I don't mince words a lot. And even with my own kids, you'll probably, you know, you get stories someday when they tell stories about me at my funeral, I'm sure my kids will have plenty of war stories about how, uh, I would cut to the chase a lot. Um, so, but I, you know, I, I think that's valuable as long as people understand where it comes from. Like I'm not, I don't mean it in a mean spirited way. I mean it in like, let's just get past all this BS. You know, your your kid's just not that good that you should be acting this way. I'm not, and I'm not trying to tell people that their kid's not going to be a great high achiever. Don't get me wrong. This is about how they act when their kid's playing or participating or doing something. They need to calm themselves down and back off. Um, I certainly hope that kids are going to be great and that they achieve lots of lots of amazing things. Um, you know, I, I spend my life cheering for people to be good at things because I like to watch them be good at things. But at the same time, I don't want the people around them to get carried away because ultimately I think that that gets in the way of greatness more than um, it more than it uh, promotes greatness. That's my viewpoint. Sometimes I wonder if the advent of these so-called participation trophies and awards, is that for the parents or is it supposed to be for the kids? Um, it's mostly for the parents um, <laughs> who don't want their kids, like they don't want their kids to walk away being disappointed and have to counsel them on being disappointed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I'll say this, I'm not adamantly against a participation trophy. I have participation trophies when I was, you know, playing basketball that I actually saved and because it reminds me of a moment in time. Um, and so that, that does have some value for, for kid, for all kids. The difference is that not every trophy should be the same. You still have to recognize that there are some kids who are better than others, or there are some kids who played on the first place team or the championship team who deserve to get recognized a little bit more. And that's okay. 
because they either worked at it or they were good at it or they were both or, you know, whatever happened. But that achievement deserves something a little bit different. Um, the participation tro- trophy is okay. Ribbons are okay. Um, but there is a first place trophy and that matters. And, and that's okay. And, and it should be kept in proper perspective. I totally agree with you 100%. Uh, the book, again, title, Shut Up, Your Kid Is Not That Great. But it's a fun, funny book. And the minute I saw the title, I said, oh, yeah, got to talk to this author. The title just says, says it all. <laughs> well, Jason, what are you working on next? What's your next book? Um, I'm actually working... Um, a little different. I'm working on a book about a Ponzi scheme Ooh. out of North Carolina. So that's a little bit more serious subject and requires uh, a little bit more, um, a little more care. Let's just put it that way. Um, and different kind of interviewing style. The uh, And I'm also working on a couple of um, either, you know, TV or streaming or even hopefully a movie project. We'll, we'll see. I got a lot of balls up in the air at one time, and I'm hoping. I know that a couple of of them have landed and landed nicely, Mm -hmm. but I got to make sure that the other ones also land somewhere as well. That is just awesome, Jason. So, okay, for fans and readers who go out and get your book, Shut Up, Your Kid is Not That Great, how can they say hello to you or disagree with you or just get the book? What, what do they need to do? What's your, your you handle? You can find me on Facebook, okay. um, which is simply Jason Cole. You can also find me on Twitter, which is uh, at Jason Cole 1962 um, And... I'm pretty available on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not hard to find. Let's just, just put it that way. I am not a hard person to find. Um, and I'm certainly don't have a problem with people yelling at me if they disagree. Um, I've, I've, I've spent enough time as a sports writer. I've had people tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about plenty of times. And oh my God, if you've coached little league sports, I know you've been yelled at a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit gruff. I'm a, I, I think I tended to be a little bit intimidating to some parents, which was okay by me. Uh, but I always had a rule. I, this was my favorite rule. And we would, we would always have a parents meeting at the beginning of the year. And that established like, what were the ground rules here? It also, I think established that we knew what we were talking about and, you know, if any parents ever showed up for practices, they understood how did I run the operation, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, all, as long as you demonstrate that you're keeping your kids, their kids busy, their their kids are having a good time, and that they're actually learning something, generally it's okay. But the one big rule I had for parents was, you got you come and cheer for your kids, have a good time, and you support your kids. I'm the one who talks to the umpires, uh-huh. and and that and that's it. Like, you guys don't talk to the umpires. I do. If you want to ask me about something about the umpires or point something out, that's fine. But I'm the one who talks to the umpires. Because that that's the part of the game that makes me the saddest and, and most frightened at times is how abusive the relationship becomes between parents and people who officiate umpire games. Because I've been there and I know what that's like. And you're just trying, you're trying to do a good job, but it's hard. You know, it's it, it. You know, you're not you're not always dealing with super sophisticated, experienced people 
or umpires. So, but that was my rule. I'm the one who talks to them. And that's a good rule to follow. Hopefully, most parents follow it. I hope. Uh, I hope so, but I certainly see videos that show me otherwise. <laughs> oh yeah, we we've all laughed at them. I mean, I mean, sometimes you just have to laugh just to keep from crying at some of these parents. But I know you know that. But anyway, the book again is "Shut Up, Your Kid Is Not That Great" by Jason Cole. And Jason, thank you so much for chatting with me. As I said, I've been waiting all week to talk with you about this book. So we- absolutely, it was a pleasure, Janice. And um, they can find it on uh, on Amazon. Amazon. So, okay. Yeah, on Amazon. So okay. It's been great. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. You too. Take okay. Bye bye. Uh, conclusion of our show here. We're just about ready to wrap things up. We have one more guest I want to bring to you, and he is going to help us to introduce a brand new segment that we'll, when are we going to launch it? Next week? Yeah, probably next week. Uh, we're waiting for the website to be completed because our webmaster had some uh, issues with, uh, had some carpal tunnel surgery. So anyway, he's all better. Thank God for that. So just about another week, we will be launching this new segment. And the title of the segment is High Stakes and Wedding Cakes. Yeah, I kind of like it myself there. Well, let me tell you what the segment is all about. This is a segment. It will only be for 10 minutes and it will be a part of our show. And this is a segment for you, the listeners out there, especially, well, actually all of our show is for you, but this one in particular is for people who are getting married in Las Vegas. You're planning a wedding that will take place here soon, or maybe you did get married here in Vegas and you're just still delighted about getting married here in our beautiful city, or maybe you had a honeymoon here in Vegas once upon a time, or you are planning a honeymoon in Vegas soon, or maybe you are celebrating a wedding anniversary in Vegas. This is the segment for you. What we will do is that for 10 minutes, we will allow you to come on the show to talk about your wedding experience and how great it was, or your honeymoon experience and how great it was, or your anniversary experience and how great it was or will be right here in Vegas. Yes, you can come on the show 10 whole minutes and just tell the world how great a time that you had getting married and honeymooning and or whatever uh, here in Las Vegas. And we welcome all couples. All couples are welcome to share their experience here. It can be the bride. It can be the groom. It can be both of you or somebody your significant other may be a little shy. It's just whoever wants to represent and speak. We will pre-record the interview. So if you're a little nervous about coming behind the microphone, that's okay. We can record it from the comforts of your home there. And again, it's only 10 minutes, but you will get to share with the world your wonderful experience of getting married or about to get married here in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas. And so, you know, this show, this station, I should say, is heard all over the world. It's streamed making sure I get my notes here, is streamed uh, all over, all over the nation. So if you have friends and family in other countries, other cities, it doesn't matter because they can hear 
your segment, your 10-minute segment. Plus, we will give you a copy of the MP3 of your interview, and you can have it to be a part of your memories. Just be a part of your life that, hey, I was on the radio talking about my big wedding or my drive-through wedding or my, my Elvis wedding experience or whatever it was, however way you got married or planning on it. You can have a copy of it to share with everyone. And we're going to have a lot of fun with this segment. And we're going to also have people on uh, who live here who have businesses here and they are in the professional wedding business. And that brings me to our guest, who will help launch this segment. My guest is Reverend Kenny Baker, and he is a licensed uh, Nevada wedding officiant. I think that's the right term, officiant and minister for weddings here in the state of Nevada. Now he has done, I believe uh, Reverend Baker told me, and we're going to play the interview shortly, I think he's done this for like 13 or 14 years. And so he had seen all kinds of weddings here, the funny ones, the, I don't know about them, all of those, all of them, just you name it. Reverend Baker has seen them all. And so I had the opportunity to chat with him a few days ago because he is going to, uh, as I said, he's helping us to kick this new segment off. It will start next Saturday. Now, also want to remind you that if you decide to take part in this segment, it's uh, again, it's only 10 minutes. There is a small fee for it, but it's going to be memories of a lifetime. You will be on the radio, not only here in Las Vegas, but our show is heard on some of the top leading podcasts around the world, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts. We are heard on two leading, two of the top podcast networks in India and also one in Southeast Asia. So again, your wedding experience and how great it was will be heard around the world. Everybody will get to hear about you and your wonderful wedding experience here in Las Vegas. Now, if you would like more information, how you can get scheduled and we can give you all the details, give us a call at area code 702 763-9144, or you can email info at filmfestivalradio.com and just put in the subject box, uh, weddings, weddings information, and they will uh, send you the exact information again. And it's going to be a lot of fun and make a lot of people even more happier that they selected our beautiful city to get married in. So let's bring on Okay, one more time. Yeah, the phone number, area code 702-763-9144, or email me, info at filmfestivalradio.com. And the name of the segment, again, is High Stakes and Wedding Cakes. So, okay, let's bring on Reverend Baker to uh, tell us more about his experiences with some of the amazing weddings that he has officiated in here, Reverend Kenny Baker. And he's also a professional photographer. So if you are getting married here or uh, you don't need, you need a photographer, Reverend Baker is going to give us his contact information. And even if you don't have a wedding coming up, maybe you just need some pictures. Reverend Baker does photography. He's a professional photographer as well as a licensed uh, minister that does weddings here in our beautiful state. So let's bring him on right now to share with us some of his amazing and memorable stories of 
the weddings he's conducted here in Las Vegas. So let's roll it right now. All right, listeners. Uh, normally, you know, we try to stick to our entertainment theme, but you know me, sometimes I got to stray off the forbidden path and go into sports. I go into politics. I go into decorating because that's just uh, that's just me. Well, I want to tell you about there is a new segment that we're going to be introducing probably in a couple of more weeks. And I'm so excited about it. It's called High Stakes and Wedding Cakes. Yes, it is going to be about the wedding business and people who get married. Or either if you're getting married in Vegas or you have gotten married in Vegas, maybe you honeymooned in Vegas. We want to hear from you and I will give you more details as we go along about the exact segment. But I think it's going to be a lot of fun because you, the listeners, will get to participate and share the beauty and the fun that you had when you got married in Vegas or maybe you honeymooned in Vegas. Now, people that got divorced in Vegas, now you're just going to have to hold back. We're not we're not ready for you. But we're talking about your wedding people, you, you know, if you're going to get married here. So as I said, this is in about maybe another couple of weeks. I've been working on this for a while. And so as a part of this segment, we have my guest, and he is going to be one of the professional people here in Las Vegas. As we know, Las Vegas is the I think it's like the wedding capital of the world. Yes. It is a wedding capital. Okay. Well, we have as our guest here for this kind of introducing this new segment to come. He is a very well seasoned professional in the business of wedding. His name is Reverend Kenny Baker, and he is a, when you get it right, he is a licensed wedding Officiant. Okay. Licensed wedding officiant. Yes. Now, Reverend Baker, what is the difference between an officiant and a wedding minister? A wedding officiant mm-hmm. is a person that does weddings outside of a chapel. Okay. If you perform weddings on a regular basis inside of a chapel, then you're a minister. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into being from a minister to an officiant wedding minister? Well, one thing led to another. I've always been active in the church, (laughs) and I am a retired union journeyman electrician, and I retired just to keep busy. One thing unfolded into another, and I became a licensed wedding minister. And I've been performing weddings now for 13 years. Oh, my goodness. Just long enough not to get get nervous anymore, (laughs) and I like it very much. That's interesting you should say that because normally, as we all know, when people get married, I didn't get the marriage gene, so I wouldn't know this, but when people get married, it's usually the bride and groom who are nervous, but you you mean the, the minister can get nervous? Well, yes, sometimes depending upon the crowd or mm-hmm. the setting. I've done very, very expensive weddings where there was a forest of Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis outside, and they do not allow much margin for error including a slur, not even as much as a syllable. So just once that wedding starts, there's no errors allowed on my part. So do you have to be a part of the rehearsals and such, a big part of that or what? Yes, it's not mandatory, but it's best if I am a part of it to know how many is in the wedding party. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have any readings? Is someone going to pray or someone going to sing? And then they'll know how the ceremony itself is going to unfold. It is always best, and things go a lot smoother if I am there for the rehearsal. 
Have you done a lot of Elvis-themed weddings? Yes, I've done a good handful of Elvis-themed weddings, and they go very well as also. Oh, that is so cool. That is So what's the most unusual or memorable themed wedding you've done so far? Well, I was mentioning Elvis. I was selected to perform the very, very, very first wedding ceremony at a certified Elvis Presley wedding chapel. No. And that was live in front of four million people on the Today Show. Really? That's why I say don't get nervous. So um, I've done that. And there's been others that have been in different places, helicopters, airplanes, out at sea, in the middle of the forest. <clears throat> so uh, uh, desert, not forest, desert. <clears throat> and so you want to be able to Accust, be accustomed to however they want because there's no canned weddings. They're all individual. You want to be able to accommodate however they want to handle them. I had no idea that the ministerial part of a wedding could get so in-depth here. I'm just thinking the bride, you know, the wedding dress, the cake, the flowers. But now you're you're opening up a whole new piece of information mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. So have you ever officiated a wedding and an ex-girlfriend, boyfriend showed up and chaos ensued? Yes. Oh, tell. Yes. Now, this was when I first got started. Mm-hmm. In other words, I'm saying I was, I'm holding two fingers up. I was a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. This was an expensive wedding in the state of California at the bride's mother's house. Real expensive. Real big. <clears throat> and it's Briefly, it surfaced up that she may still have a thing for her old boyfriend named Richie. It surfaced up. Wow. And guess who shows up for the rehearsal? Richie. So the groomsmen was going to beat him up and join him. But that was back when I was younger. I said, okay, you guys stand on this side of the wall. He'll stand on this side of the wall so he can't see you. I'll go kindly ask him to leave. But if he doesn't, then you can throw him out. They said, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But I asked him to leave and Here's what happened. Everything went fine. When we got to the part, repeat after me, for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse, and all that. Instead of the bride saying, for richer, for poorer, she said, for Richie. Oh, no. (laughs) That is not good. No. That's when you say, preacher, you just act like you didn't see it. Keep smiling like you're a hypocrite. But it (laughs) did not go well at all. Everybody's daughter. And it was. I wonder if they're still together. I wonder about that because I know the mother of the groom began to give it to the mother of the bride. And among other things, she says, well, normally the father of the bride is supposed to pay for this, but we understand you can't afford it because that's plain because even my real diamonds are bigger than your fake diamonds. Oh, goodness. Among other things. So that's just a little tiny bit of what happened there. Okay. I, it, it would shock me if these two are yes, still together. Yeah. When you're, totally. when you wear a collar, you have to be neutral. Be neutral. Like you can't hear. Oh, oh, oh. Just don't, don't look. Right? <laughs> so what makes Vegas weddings so special? We know Vegas, the city is just special in itself. But what, what is it about people just, I gotta get married in Vegas? Because you can come in and out. Get it done quickly. 
here in Vegas, you can get processed in an hour. So there's other reasons for which they may get married here. Immigration, insurance, etc. The various time limits that they have to meet. Then they may have another ceremony and where they came from, but that's what makes Vegas different in that it is very quick and easy to be legally married. Well, I heard there were quickie weddings. I didn't know they were that quick, though, here. Wow. Because they're still kind of new here. There are quickie weddings. Those weddings when you can get a recording, and it lasts for about four minutes. If it lasts for four minutes, then you took too long. <laughs> drive through weddings. You don't even get out of the car. So when you've done drive through weddings? I have not done any drive through weddings because that was with a recording. Oh, okay. But I have done other weddings where they just get married off the back of a van. You've done those? Yes. Those are called quickies. Oh, a back of a van. How romantic. Mm. My goodness. Everybody does it different. <laughs> yeah. I a straight face. Yeah. Remember Richie? You know, Reverend Baker, I think you should write a book about your experiences with, you know, a wedding officiant. I really do. Either it'll be real good or I'll come up missing. Oh, is that interesting? <laughs> Well, have you ever ran across, you know, people that you've done the ceremonies for, you know, just in everyday life, and they, oh, you did our wedding. We're now divorced. But, I mean, have you run across those? Yes, I've come across those mm -hmm. quite a bit. But most have always still been together except for one. Oh, just one? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. That's a good track, track record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a very good track mm -hmm. record. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. How can people, since you have some of the most interesting stories, if people want to have your expertise and they're thinking about getting married in Vegas, or they definitely are, how can they reach you? You can reach me online. Online. I'm an active website, mm -hmm. AbundantWeddings.com. Mm -hmm. AbundantWeddings.com, they can contact me that way, or they can text me on my cell phone. Text you on your cell phone. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so your number is on the website? Yes. Okay, get that. Okay, and finally, what is the advice that you would give ministers out there if they want to do what you do? Get some, I mean, it sounds very exciting. It is. My advice to them is to understand that each wedding is different and individual. There's no right or wrong. We want to be able to comply to however they wish to have it done. I forgot. I need to ask you one last question. How do you handle? You know how some of these brides, especially the brides, they have these, these, these vows, and I don't know if they got them from the movie Avatar. I don't know where they get these vows from. How do you deal with that as the minister? Well, I'll ask them to be allowed to email them a copy of the script that I normally use. Okay. That's very good. They like that, and then they can edit. I let them know they can edit it to their own preference. Or they can select a different one altogether. And then we'll go with the fine points at the rehearsal. Oh, that's how that Because, mm -hmm. I mean, even myself, friends who have gotten married, I just go, lady, really? These vows. I don't even know. Who can live up to some of this stuff? But there is a solution. <laughs> You've got it. I really, you, you, you guys know, it's just a bit much. They just take it way too over the top. But anyway, Reverend Baker, I just want to thank you so much for giving me some. I have really learned something today. I had no idea all of this in involvement with the ministerial side of a wedding. That's mm -hmm. really interesting. Mm -hmm. So again, people, we're going to start this new segment again. It's called 
high stakes and wedding cakes. And we will have people who are getting married in Vegas. You have already married. Maybe you're doing an anniversary in Vegas, or maybe you honeymooned in Vegas. And we're going to have professional people from the Vegas area, such as Reverend Baker and others, to come in and tell the professional side of get what it's like to get married in Vegas. We want the personal side from the individual couples. It can be the bride, it can be the groom, it can be both. Bride and bridesmaid, mm-hmm. whoever wants to share. Mm-hmm. So we'll give you more information about how you can reach me and how you can be a part of that. But right now, Reverend Baker, tell them one more time how to reach you. You can contact me on my website, AbundantWeddings.com. A-B-U-N-D-A-N-T. Abundant Weddings with an S. With an S. Dot com. com. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. And please receive my gratitude and Uh, admiration. Oh, thank you. All right. We'll be right back with our next guest. Okay. Thank you so much, Reverend Baker. Wasn't those some really incredible stories? I mean, yeah. We're going to bring Reverend Baker back on uh, in a few weeks after we fully launch our segment. Our new segment, uh, again, is called High Stakes and Wedding Cakes. And we're going to bring him back on to share some more really funny stories uh, with us about weddings and such as that. But again, if you are interested, you want to learn more about our segment and be a part of it to share your great wedding story, again, you can write us info at filmfestivalradio.com, or you can call us at area code 702-763-9144 to be on wedding um, high stakes and wedding cakes. I'm still thinking about some of his stories there. But anyway, we are so out of time. Thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. And uh, thank you to our guest for being on our show. And we'll see you guys next Saturday for another edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Stay cool. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Mm-hmm.